I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And we got a turkey in the house. It's Travis Irvine. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. Hope everyone is having a nice time hanging out with their family, because what could be more fun than hanging out with your family? We have a lot of stuff to get to today, and I am excited to speak with you about all of the news that you can use around the Thanksgiving dinner table to hopefully... Bring people together. Ooh. Right. We're uniting. We're trying to unite. So <laughs> yes. Before we get to all of the wonderful stories, let's talk about the biggest story that happened in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Number one, we'll talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse story in a little bit of a different perspective than we have heard. Number two, I want to say my heart goes out to everyone in Waukesha right now. This fella, Daryl Brooks, 39 years old. He's out of Milwaukee. He has now been charged, well, will be charged with six deaths and around 60 injuries wow. because this maniac decided to drive an SUV <sighs> down a Christmas parade. He hit the dancing grannies and he hit a bunch of kids and it's unbelievably sad. And the last thing Waukesha needed, the last thing any town needs, especially again, as we go into the holiday season on the heels of a lot of distress nationally, the last thing a parade needs is a car careening down the street, mm-hmm. injuring the dancing grannies. Our hearts go out to everybody in Waukesha and anyone uh, suffering anywhere in the country right now during the holiday season. Kyle Rittenhouse, obviously, this story had shockwaves all across the country. The only perspective that I want to bring, because this is one of the things that I have heard, and then I also have kind of a bright side uh, to this story as well, or attempting to find a bright side to this story, One of the things that is happening when it comes to the victims, Mm -hmm. the two people that were shot and killed by Kyle Rittenhouse, is character assassination. And again, they very well might not be good people. I don't know. But the idea that you somehow have to be friends or perceived that you would be friends with victims is nonsense. It doesn't matter. The fact that they, but I would not have been friends with them, does not mean that they were not victims. It's the exact same thing that is done constantly by people to say, "Eh, well, yeah. Sure, they died. Yeah, they're victims. But they did you know they sped every now and again? Mm-hmm. Not that, of course, speeding was the crime that these two people were being uh, accused of or convicted of. But I just want to get that out there. Just because somebody is not the greatest person does not mean that they are not victims. And it doesn't mean that we should disregard their life and allow for things like the Rittenhouse situation to occur on our city streets because that just leads to pure and utter chaos. As a matter of fact, most victims of crimes, I probably wouldn't be friends with. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. I'm friends with very few people. What if I found out that Philando Castile was a Minneapolis Vikings fan? (laughs) He's a Minnesota Vikings fan. Oh my God. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because he's still a victim. And I just wanted to get that out there because people are constantly in the media saying, Well, yes, they're dead, but, and there is no but, it sucks and it's sad. And Kyle Rittenhouse did not have the right to go and be dumpy Judge Dredd. Right jury and executioner exactly in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. But as I said, the bright, the the silver lining, hopefully, and we're going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. The Kyle Rittenhouse acquittal will shed light on the case of Crystal Kaiser. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Fernando, do you want to talk a little bit about this case of Crystal Kaiser, a 17 year old girl, African-American gal who was convicted of murder for killing 
her abuser, and the one, again, we're trying to find the silver lining here in all of this. If there was one silver lining with the Rittenhouse trial, it can shed light, or verdict, rather. Right. It can shed light on the case of Crystal Kaiser and get her out of jail. Right. You know, uh, basically, the prosecutors have a big... They had a big pull by saying that this was a premeditated murder, that she had planned to kill this abuser. This man held her captive for yep. a year. It was a sexual abuse. She was a 17-year-old girl. She was, she was under age. 14, I believe, actually, at the time when it happened. Wow. Oh, my so God. She was, yes, she was very young. And um, she killed this man. She shot him in the head. And the prosecutors are saying that this was premeditated murder because she actually, you know, because she, she was being tortured yeah, for a year and yes, she may have exactly. thought about trying to get away from this man who was torturing her. Exactly. And so this happened in the same county as okay. the Rittenhouse trial. So it sheds a lot of light on what exactly the, the defense is saying. This is self-defense. Right. Sure. Prosecutors saying there's no way that could be self-defense. Well, you know, we just saw a case where the case we we're just talking about where self-defense even with, you know, can be really Absolutely. Uh, and of course, when it comes to Rittenhouse, right. the idea that it wasn't premeditated going across state lines, getting the gun, doing this, that and the other. You don't just wake up in Kenosha when mm -hmm. you live in Illinois. Right. right. So I believe that defense in her case, if it's used in Rittenhouse's case, it's much stronger in Crystal Kaiser's case. And I hope at the very least she gets a new trial. And I just believe that that could lead to, uh, again, some of the criminal justice reforms, some of the healing that we're trying to get in this country, despite corporate media monetizing, uh, you know, people fighting with other people. Right. And this is like you guys pointed out, this is in Kenosha County. That's why yep. it can resonate so much. And uh, Ben, you've spent a lot of Thanksgivings in Wisconsin. That's right. I had a lot of that turkey. So, uh, yeah, our hearts go out to everyone affected out in Wisconsin by both of these stories. Yeah. Either Kenosha or uh, Wakasha. No, it's a Waukesha. Okay, let me but say that. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, Waukesha? honestly, Waukesha, because Wisconsin has really funny names. Well, they're all from the the native tribes that used mm -hmm. to live there. Absolutely, right? and I learned I learned all of them uh, at a young age, and I love Waukesha. I, the only one I learned when I was young was Lake Superior was a Gitchigumi. Oh. oh, that's in that the, the song too about the the Edmund Fitzgerald. No kidding. Oh. Well, everyone that listens knows about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because we have a nothing but seventy five year old plus <laughs> listenership. Uh, Gordon Lightfoot, where are my Lightfoot friends? <laughs> where are my Lightfoot heads? <laughs> so anyway, Crystal Kaiser. Let's keep up to date on this story, and hopefully, again, silver lining. The the Supreme Court in Wisconsin is reviewing the case. With their funny little accents. Mm. Another thing we learned from the Rittenhouse trial and anytime anything important happens in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin accent is not good for serious situations. They also don't know when to turn off their cell phones. No. You're the no. judge in the case, sir. Oh, my God. Yeah, we don't even... That judge... Vote. He please. ran since 2008, I believe. Local elections Local are so elections. important, folks. Please. Do you want that moron as your judge? Good Lord. Anyway... <laughs> Those are just my thoughts because everyone has heard everyone's thoughts ad nauseum about Rittenhouse. Silver lining, we've got to get Crystal Kaiser a new trial and get her uh, justice. Well, speaking of justice, on a completely mm -hmm. different scale, Ooh. let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving traditions. Oh, Donald, Joe, Joe Biden, rather. <laughs> Joe Biden got his routine colonoscopy last Friday. That is right. a fantastic. So colonoscopies, that is a Thanksgiving tradition. Did you know that? Uh, well, I know he turned 79. And then he got his, he got his so he butthole got scoped. It, he got the butthole scoped. Which got us uh, President Kamala Harris for a few, what, 45 minutes or whatever? I, yeah, and right? what a great job she did. She did a great job. It also got Camilla talking in London. Be like, I hope they found faults in there. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, Joe Biden's biggest claim to fame in the past week and a half has been the toot heard around Kamala's face, which, you know, or, or Camila, Camila, Camila. I'm sure Kamala has heard that. And Kamala, yeah. but she keeps it quiet. She's a good VP. She's right. a good president. Yes, she was a president for 45 minutes, which to some degree is historic. That's very historic. Congratulations. Technically, that... Well, we didn't even celebrate it. Oh, some that's the glass do. ceiling. The glass ceiling technically broke right. for 45 minutes. I saw some tweets. Okay. So, you know, that's great. Right. Some people realized it. But it wasn't just his butthole that was getting uh, pardoned by uh, by the powers that be. Mm. It was the classic turkey pardon that took place at the White House. These are two big old turkeys that Ooh. I guess they then they go, they get pardoned, and then they go and they hang out the rest of their lives in some cool ass little, I don't know, some kind of farm or something uh, yeah, yeah turkey refuge turkey refuge that mm -hmm. sounds like a good time wear your pants <laughs> biden said uh today we're gonna talk turkey 
Uh, That's a quote from Biden. Today yeah. we're going to talk, we're gonna talk to Turkey. Listen, listen here, Corey Pratt, today we're going to talk Turkey. <laughs> so we're, I don't know what accents these are. <laughs> However, uh, the name of the birds were peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> That's Aww. cute. Which is cute. <laughs> and this is like a tradition. They each weighed 40 pounds. And wow. Biden said, by the powers vested in me as the president of the United States, I pardon you. And then the turkeys gobbled. Uh, yeah, gobbled. <laughs> Isn't that fun? And... Uh, Let's see here. Uh, the turkeys were selected because of their temperament, appearance, and uh, I suspect their vaccination status. Uh, that is kind of a funny little joke there. That was what Biden said. Uh, he turned 79. He also joked, instead of getting basted, they're getting boosted. Whoa. Mm, isn't this yeah. a national embarrassment? Wow. My golly. <laughs> well, anyway. So uh, the turkeys arrived in Washington on Wednesday. They had the opportunity to meet fans prior to heading to their room at the Willard Intercontinental Hotel. Now, the thing about this story is anyone who follows this show knows that we follow the hundreds of thousands of people who are currently over-incarcerated. It would have been nice mm -hmm. if sometimes during Thanksgiving... We pardoned two people. Maybe oh. next year we could pardon humans. Oh. And dare I say, eat the turkeys. Maybe we eat turkeys Whoa. and pardon people. Or we don't even eat the turkeys. I don't even know what you want to do with the turkey. To be honest, the first time I saw a turkey, I'm like, we eat that? Because it's so dang it, weird looking. Really, yeah, it's very strange looking. It's too genitalia looking in the in its natural it's habitat. It's covered in genitalia. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, this is what uh, this is what President Biden had to say. He says, folks, I've said it before. Every American wants the same thing. They want to be able to look the turkey in the eye and tell them everything's going to be okay. Aww. Okay. <laughs> Again, the fact of the matter is we do need to have this conversation when it comes to pardoning people. Not just turkeys. Yes. Right. And I think that's one of the most important stories that we always have to remember. Uh, this is according to a great article that is in the Marijuana Moment. Uh, the article is entitled, Biden Pardons Turkeys, But Not Cannabis Prisoners. This is according to Sam Burns, a U.S. veteran and current horticultural student. The legalization of cannabis is important to me. It's time for the lawmakers of this country to make things right and legalize cannabis. Absolutely. It's interesting that this person was a former U.S. veteran because, as we've heard in the past, many veterans are on the forefront of pushing for legalization mm -hmm. of psilocybin, maybe even a little bit of acid, and dare I say meth if they really want to win the war. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But what do you guys think when you hear, oh, we're doing the pardon, the turkey pardon? It is cute and we can laugh. It's you cute. Know, it's it's cute. fun. And like, Tradition. They, right. could, they should pardon two of every animal just like Noah. Oh, oh wow. But then, of course, Noah had sex with his own daughter. Oh, uh, my gosh. But that was to save society. So oh, it's all good. Okay, but great. What, do you, what do you guys think when you hear about the turkey pardon? Meanwhile, we have humans basting away in jail. Well, Ben, I, I I don't know. I just don't feel. I eat animals; they're delicious, so I don't feel bad for these turkeys. I do feel bad for these prisoners. It's it's hilarious, you know. It's like the the February second, the little you know the what is that? The oh, Groundhog the, the, Day. Yeah, the Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Groundhog it's, Day. I, I'm all about tradition. I love rituals and stuff like that, but they mean nothing. They have no substance yeah. if you don't follow through. These part the pardoning of this turkey should mean the pardoning of thousands of prisoners or that you know absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. so absolutely. ritual means nothing if there's no execution of action i agree with fernando it's a fun tradition we do it every year but absolutely we need to move forward on actual criminal justice reform bring on more pardons of non-violent drug offenders and dare i say i may have some serious information that proves that peanut butter was involved with the january 6th attack on <laughs> the capital and gentlemen you just pardoned a real criminal peanut butter and jelly they were there on january 6th they're in cahoots Wow, that is disgusting. According to Immigration and Customs Enforcement Deputy Assistant Director Joe Geronimo, Ooh, which he fun. sounds like he's going in first. Yeah, okay. Joe Geronimo <laughs> does not wait for orders. He goes in, he takes names, and he counts toes Ooh. to let us know how many people he's killed. This is what he had to say. Um, if he were a drug cartel, quote, he says, I wouldn't waste my time with marijuana and I'd get out of the cocaine business. And instead, I would focus on other markets, hmm. uh, such as, of course, as we're going to talk about the opioid market mm. here coming up in the very near future when it comes to big pharma who are making bank. Those are the real drug dealers. And hopefully 
those drug dealers will be held accountable. But we'll talk about that story here in one second. It seems as if for the first time in this country, it is becoming bipartisan when it comes to the support of legalization of marijuana, which is a great sign. Again, it takes all types. I don't give a shit. If this becomes a non-political issue, that would be fantastic Mm -hmm. because that's, of course, why we've had the war on drugs for so long. Is it because it, it is because it has been politically polarizing mm-hmm. for a very good reason. But who needs the war on drugs when now you have vaccine mandates to fight about? Oh, great. What do you think happens to like police officers stopping someone with, with marijuana now? Do you think that uh, depending on like where they're located, do you think they prosecute or they think, hey, uh, you know, two, three months down the line, it could be legalized. They're just going to let this fly. It's usually, um, and I only know this because I may or may not have a friend who had uh, the (laughs) exact scenario you're speaking of, um, driving through a state from another state with weed, uh, where uh, obviously he bought the weed legally, driving through a state where it was not legal, and uh, it depends on how much you got. And that's kind of where we're at, state by state. If you have more than a certain amount, it could be a felony. Otherwise, it could just be a ticket, and then you pay it, and then it's a fine, and you move on. So, you know, we're moving. We're moving in a good direction, then, at least in that sense, too. In theory, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it depends. You have a spokesperson for Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb. When it comes to Indiana, they say nothing has changed about his opposition to legalization of marijuana. A state like Indiana would benefit greatly from legal marijuana. Truly. Then, of course, you have Rhode Island's House Speaker. He says it's possible but not probable that lawmakers will hold a special session to legalize marijuana. Arizona regulators are being sued over marijuana social equity rules. Uh, Ohio regulators said that medical cannabis products previously recalled have now been retested and passed. They also received more than 1,400 applications for new medical cannabis dispensaries. And Iowa looks like they might ask lawmakers to allow more medical cannabis dispensary licenses. So there are some good things happening. And uh, that is exactly what we have to continue to see as the war on marijuana, the war on drugs is not over. And let's not forget legalization still doesn't mean that the police aren't going to get their cash if they see something that is technically an unlicensed dealer in Mm -hmm. Oregon. Mm -hmm. Uh, police seized $500 million in, quote, mm-hmm. illegal marijuana in a raid in Oregon. Uh, at the time when legalized marijuana sales are rising nationally, state police in Oregon uh, last week seized 500,000 pounds of illegal weed. It was a bust outside of Medford, Oregon. The Oregon State Police uh, Southwest Region Drug Enforcement Section team served a search warrant uh, under Oregon state law. Adults 21 and over may only use cannabis with specified limits, but it's illegal to manufacture marijuana without a license. So that is still hmm. one of those things when it comes to the largest drug dealers in the world, hmm. the American government, and of course, big pharma. <laughs> right. The thing that they want the most is their cut of the cash. And right. if you're doing it illegally, well, they're going to find out and they're going to throw the book at you just as they would if we still had criminalized marijuana federally, or we still have it federally, but if it was still criminalized in whichever state, uh, such as Oregon, yeah, I mean, you're growing o- in. Oregon's got, I mean, they're one of the first ones, not just a medical, but fully legal cannabis. And then I believe they're also getting into the legalization of psilocybin mushrooms as well. Yep. So yeah, you got to play by the rules or I also, else you're going to get a knock on the door. I guess so. I also want standardization of these laws because, yep. you know, people in California can grow, but people in and Methford, Oregon can't grow. You know, they should, they, you know, we just we should have that really blanket. This yes. federal legalization will bring standards that I know you love state by state level stuff, Travis. But, well, I, you know, but that was my my thesis on at uh, Columbia Journalism School was about medical marijuana. I interviewed the D.A. of Humboldt County and he was like, I just need one set of rules. I have, oh, you know, the feds right. giving me one set of rules, the state giving me another set. And then I've got my county that I've got to take care of. And, you know. Each jurisdiction has a different set of rules. So you're absolutely right. We need to just uniform federally, legalize mm-hmm. federally. And absolutely. Then, yes. Guidance. And guidance. And then in that case, then each state can uh, can bust whoever they see fit, I guess. <laughs> and as we talk about when it comes to criminal justice reform, it's not just about obviously, the, you know, air quotes criminals or maybe somebody who is doing something illegal, whether that law be moral or not. This is also a colossal pain in the ass for law enforcement. Yeah. If you're on the Wyoming border of Colorado and Wyoming, it's like 10 feet is the difference between someone having a great Saturday and someone committing a massive class A felony. Absolutely. And so if you're an officer, 
it's also a colossal pain in the ass. Absolutely. And uh, to have to navigate these two realities mm -hmm. simply based upon these invisible state lines mm -hmm. that have such real world ramifications. So I think the legalization of marijuana on a federal level, it's here sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. And there is no reason why it's not a massive political winner. And if the Dems are smart as they have the control of the House right now, Senate, just pass it. Just pass or it. Or try to pass it. And if the Republicans object to it, use that in 2022. Yeah. Mm. Right, These right, things right. matter. These are the kitchen table issues. These are what you talk about over Thanksgiving dinner. Cannabis, weed. <laughs> this is what you talk about with your cool aunt and uncle. Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the legalization of cannabis is favored by we're getting exactly. we're over 70 percent. We're getting exactly. near 80 percent. That is the tipping point. I think I've talked about this before on the show. Hardcore political science. When things start to get popular enough where 70 to 80 percent of the American public believes in it, it will be legalized. That's what happened with gay marriage uh, back in 2015, 16. It, to me, it still says that there's a lot of lobbyist control, you know, because how could everyone, you know, smoke weed, 70 percent of the people be OK with weed and you still say, oh, it's a bad drug. Who's who's paying you? What's happening? Right. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Well, speaking of potheads, let's move on okay. and talk about one specific shithead. Oh, <laughs> specifically Matt Gates. Ugh. On last week's episode, I sort of pined. Um, what the hell's going on with Matt Gates? What's happening with Gatesgate? What's going on? I opined. Where is he? What's happening? Because all I see is he hanging out with Marjorie Taylor Greene right. and uh, Miss Bobert, and he, he was defending Paul Gosar, and he was defending Paul Gosar, who was complicit in January sixth. Not just complicit, but really one of the main creators of the Gosar, uh, events. Gosar promised peanut butter the turkey a pardon. Oh my <laughs> and god, it panned out pretty good. Wow, peanut butter and jelly were there. <laughs> Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So what's going on with Matt Gates? right? We heard this story. He uh, trafficked a 17-year-old across state lines. Mm -hmm. He was best friends with this dude uh, who was the tax man. His father, of course, is a former politician, Matt Gates. that is. It seems as if the Justice Department investigation has been going on now for well over a month. Right. You opine, did it go away? Did it, it go away? It is just continuing. It is just continuing. So what's happening now is Gates could potentially spend a decade in prison. This is according to a report by the New York Times. The Justice Department added a pair of top prosecutors to its investigation. This is a sign, quote, of a complex and high stakes nature of the inquiry. According to Pulitzer Prize winning reporters Katie Benner and Michael Schmidt, one of the prosecutors is a public corruption investigator Ooh. who specializes in child exploitation crimes. Yeesh. The other is a dude named Todd Gee. He is a deputy of the public integrity section, which is part of the DOJ's criminal division. So we the got people investigating him are the investigators that you would want in a child sex trafficking case mm -hmm. and the person that would be there to uh, figure out corruption as far as how did this person, Matt Gates in this case, use his power to aid and abet criminal activity. Wow. These guys sound like the Matthew McConaughey and Tom Cruise of uh, these types of cases. They just, Ooh. they got it. <laughs> it's their experts at this. Right, was Tom right, Cruise, right. yeah, he, but Tom Cruise was not a true detective. But he's a good actor. Well, he he, he, he was in a few good men. <laughs> so he's a good lawyer. He can yell at you and be like, okay, Matt Gates, I want the truth. And then Matt Gates is like, she was 17. Oh my goodness. So we'll keep you up to date on what's going on with Matt Gates. Of course, again, uh, Joel Greenberg, that mm. was the corrupt tax man that is just, oh, so close with Matt Gates. And as we know about 
any one of these people. They are such bitches that they will flip. They will flip. The Olympics aren't for another few years, but don't tell them that. Wow. You know Joel Greenberg is complaining more than the Q Shaman and Ghislaine Maxwell combined about any conditions that he sees unfair. So this is going to be, hopefully, um, as we find out, hopefully we find out this is going to be the end of Matt Gates's political career because it seems to me as if he is someone that is already a pariah and someone who just another example of legacy, nepotism and failing up. Absolutely. And it is interesting that Gates used to describe Joel Greenberg uh, as his wingman because now Joel Greenberg is singing like a stool pigeon. Absolutely. <laughs> Get some wings on that gang. Do Absolutely. You, do you think... Uh, how politics will be affected by this? Do you think anything, you know, well, he's just going to do the same thing. He's just going to deny. And then people are going to politicize it. And they'll say, this is the hit job on Matt Gates, Despite the fact that there's no evidence that if he does lose this house seat, it won't just go to a freaking Republican anyway. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's a Republican safe it's district. Florida, Seminole County. Yeah. It's going to go to a different Republican. So I'm not sure why, if you're a Republican here, what is the point? Why are you protecting him? Why are you protecting right. him? Why are you protecting Paul Gozer? All this shit is so gerrymandered and redistricting is so disgusting. It's so fraudulent. We can talk about that ad nauseum. This man doesn't even he, he it's a one party, it's a one party district for most of these people. Yeah. If you're in the Republican Party, just I know they kind they slapped Gozer on the wrist, which probably made him come or something. <laughs> but just get rid of these people. Right, right, right. How difficult is this? Well, it certainly made Gozer send out a fundraising email. Exactly. <laughs> and that's easy. exactly what Gates will be doing. That's what Gates mm-hmm. is doing. That's what Marjorie Taylor Greene does. And don't forget, when it comes to Rittenhouse, Matt Gates was with his big bloviating head. He's offering right. him an internship. He offered him an internship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which is just unbelievable. Which did lead to Bill Maher's best joke of the night uh, we watched uh, last week. And that, of, of course, is that uh, 17 year old going across state lines Matt Gates wants that oh, <laughs> love it actually not to sound like a total boomer but Mar was pretty good <laughs> yesterday. Was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good uh, Greenberg again that's the man who is uh, in, I believe charged with 33 felonies uh, he told investigators that Ooh. he saw Gates and others have sex with the same 17 year old girl uh, mm. he did plead guilty to sex trafficking mm. uh, that was in court on Monday um and uh, yeah, the prosecutors called Greenberg a, prof- a prolific criminal. Whoa. Wow. And then ominously <laughs> adding, Mr. Greenberg was not alone. This is straight out of a um, Oliver Stone orgy scene. Ooh. Joel Greenberg uh. and Matt Gates. They're yeah. the sexy ones. <laughs> Who yeah. else was yeah. uh, raping this 17-year-old girl? Gross. Man, you're making me think of uh, JFK, the movie JFK. Exactly. That's right, where Joe Pesci and Tommy Lee Jones, they're all in an orgy scene together. So, yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Just watch JFK. U.S. Attorney Roger Handberg. He got that nickname in high school. (laughs) Um, He says, obviously, this is not a normal situation. So, yeah, none of these people are strong. Right. All of these people are going to flip. And I pray that all of them. (laughs) You know, what's done in the darkness comes to the light. And this is one of people say that like that tweet that you had 10 years ago. That's going to get you. That's not what I'm talking (laughs) about. I'm talking about child uh, sexual prostitution and rape. Like severe crimes that hurt people. This isn't about some stupid tweet that Matt Gates sent out 10 years ago. And people false equivocate all of this stuff like it all matters the same. No, this is this is a reason any person with any soul or any amount of ability to feel shame would resign. Right. I mean, hell, that's right. why everyone wants Al Franken to run, because they see the scumbags that didn't resign. And they're like, OK, at least Al took fucking responsibility. Right. right. And I do think in 2024, I, I believe that he mm. is going to run. Oh, well, there you go. It is interesting. Also, they consider Joel Greenberg a prolific criminal. And I just remember him like going through old driver's licenses. Oh, I'm just like, yeah, I guess it's kind of prolific. <laughs> just like doing it in front of your employees. So stupid. It's very dumb. But again, um, it, it is good that you opined about it out loud, Ben, because that is usually the case. It's the same thing with that big energy scandal back in Ohio, the, the repeal HB6 uh, scandal. Um, the feds are just accruing more and more evidence. I think in that case, they have 1.5 million documents of oh my evidence. Wow. And now, I mean, again, Greenberg is singing like a wingman would about all the great times he had with Gates. So Absolutely. The, the case is just building up. Like a parakeet. Are those the ones that sing? That's a turkey. There it was. Jelly, where were you on January 6th? 
<laughs> you stiff AOC shoes, Jelly? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're ready to go to jail or be subpoenaed. Ooh. Along, speaking of subpoena butter, uh, along with Roger Stone and Alex Ugh. Jones. Oh, so boy. let's move on and talk about this a little bit. January 6th, the January 6th committee, uh, they've had a, a series of subpoenas. The two most famous ones uh, recently were Roger Stone and Alex Jones. Uh, Irvine and I were talking about this last night. Remember that show, Best Week Ever? Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was that segment where it said, and who's having the worst You're week ever? The worst week. And usually it was like Justin Timberlake because his dick <laughs> slipped out of his pants and everyone's like, it's too big. And like, He's having the worst week ever. <laughs> In this case, Alex Jones is having the worst week ever. It's really bad. Between the uh, right of the st- appearance of the students of Sandy Hook they, to sue him for libel. They won against him last They week. won against him, and rightfully so. Now Alex Jones has been subpoenaed in his role for the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol, Capitol which of course was done, perpetrated by the acolytes of Alex Jones and perpetrated by the people who were either led out of ignorance or led because they wanted to be mm-hmm. by Roger Stone, because yep. that man is the maestro that was pulling the strings the entire time. And if you want further evidence of that, the stop the steal rally was planned for 2016 because they didn't think they were going to win. Yes. So yeah. they just had to delay it four years. But that was always the recipe that they were cooking up for dinner after Trump lost. A hundred percent. I was uh, back in 2016. I remember Roger had a basically a nonprofit ready to go. It was Stop the Steal. <laughs> they uh, they were going to do exit polling, but it was exit polling done by Trumpers, and they were going to park Trumpers outside the polls everywhere. And they almost got sued by multiple Democratic groups for saying they were going to intimidate voters. Right. Mm. And uh, Roger uh, had to insist that it was just an exit polling group. But let's not forget Alex Jones's superpower, his ability to forget. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about. I've forgotten what you're talking about. Was it because you had too much chili, like when you were on the stand and you forgot the, the names of your children? Uh, no, that was because I was all supplemented out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You can get some of these supplements too, Kessel. You're selling. I'm you're, not scared of you. Okay, you're you're under subpoena. You're under oath. You're selling me supplements. That's Absolutely. What so you don't like what? What do you? Your think? Honor, if you want to feel better, <laughs> I don't want day, to. And you don't want your water poison, Mister Jones. They're making the freaking frogs gay, sir. You're right about that. (laughs) But you cannot create a mob that then goes to the Capitol and attempts to overthrow a free and fair election. You don't know that I did that. Well, we do know. Okay. (laughs) That's the problem with all of these guys, Alex Jones and, uh, and of course, Roger Stone. They were they're, on camera. They're on camera saying it. And this is obviously the, the emails will all be there. The phone calls will all be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but their reactions right now are so unbelievably amazing. Alex Jones, as as Travis alluded to with Matt Gates, spinning mm-hmm. this into fundraising. Roger Stone, mm-hmm. the exact same thing. I spinning this into fundraising. Emails from uh, from Roger. I'm on Roger's. <laughs> Do you want to read? I'll read the statement. So yeah. this is Roger Stone's statement. It's similar to Alex Jones's statement in the sense that they have, oh my God, a martyrdom. They have a martyrdom um, uh, uh, fetish. They want to be mm, martyrs absolutely. so bad. Absolutely. And this, in some ways, Travis and I were talking about this again last night. In some ways, I think that Roger Stone is immensely happy. Yeah. That anyone's talking about him. I mean, the, the fundraising emails went out like right away. Immediately. Uh, right away. Um, and I we'll probably we'll get to Alex Jones' statement in a second. I don't have a Roger Stone impression. It's no. just um I don't know. Um It's just you. Yeah, just be uh, real sad, I guess. Here's what Roger sent out last night as soon as this news hit. I understand that I have been included in this round of subpoenas issued by the January 6th Select Committee. Get ready for the longest run-on sentence. This is all one sentence. (laughs) Now, from here, it's all one sentence. I have not yet been served and have not seen the details of what I may be asked to provide or what information they want from me. I have said time and time again that I had no advanced knowledge of the events that took place at the Capitol on that day. Any statement, claim, insinuation, or report, alleging, or even implying that I had any involvement or 
knowledge, whether advanced or contemporaneous, <laughs> about the commission of any unlawful acts by any person or group in or around the U.S. Capitol or anywhere in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021, is categorically false. All right. <laughs> after the subpoena is served and after my counsel reviews the request, I will make the determination of how I will proceed. Please support my defense fund at stonedefensefund.com. <laughs> and then, of course, he references how his wife has cancer and she needs help with that to try to pull the heartstrings a little bit more. Mm. But Don't if forget you, a good God bless you to sign off. Too. Yes. The, this is the thing with Roger Stone. Now he's very religious. Mm. Only the United States government could scare Roger Stone to believing in God. <laughs> like That's how scary this the, situation is. The power is. of the federal government. The power of the federal government is the only thing that could make Stone believe in the power of a living God. <laughs> but of course, before anyone has any amount of empathy for Stone, not that anyone listens to this show and does... The man is a notorious piece of shit. This is what he had to say on September 15th when he was presented with a lawsuit. He was on a talk radio show, which is where he can really be. He's tall. He's a tough man. <laughs> tough man. Mm. He says, this is a big, big stack of papers, which is good because we're out of toilet paper today. Whoa. Which is probably why he needs to fundraise. Mm. Uh, you definitely don't want to have not enough money for toilet paper. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with that. As of now. Stone, Jones, and Bannon, the who's who of who's not coming to Thanksgiving dinner is just, you know, for them, Bannon as well. This is a moneymaker. That's how they see it. And we'll see what happens with this January 6th committee, because don't forget, it's a misdemeanor. If you uh, if you don't follow the subpoena, mm -hmm. the power of these committees, to some degree, I'm fine with them not having the most amount of power. I, you know, right. um, even despite the fact that I hate the three people that are currently under subpoena. But the power that these committees have is relatively finite. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think Bannon, Jones and Stone are just, I don't know, trying to use this for all they can milk this for all they can, because at this point they've been deplatformed and demonetized in certain ways. Right. And of course, uh, Alex Jones is about to be fucking broke. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and again, all of them are using this as an opportunity to refund themselves, basically. Right. But what's interesting is th this whole round of subpoenas is going after the financial support, right? That's what Absolutely. They're, they're going after wallets. They're following the dollars. You follow the money. That's where federal investigations start to go eventually. I'm sure mm -hmm. the Gates and Greenberg investigation is happening, too. When you spend the money and how you spend it, that's when you start to leave a paper trail. And with Jones and um, Stone, in, in their case, according to this document, they're saying that they both made money. By being there. Of course. On January 5th oh, yeah. and January 6th. They're so, not talking for free. And not anymore. I'll tell you that much. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be very interesting to see where it goes. And like you said about Jones, I, you got to wonder where he goes from here. I mean, his statement on InfoWars, he's basically sounding the alarm bells to InfoWars Nation. Yeah, he because, again, I grew up in a religious home. You can't mm, – there's something about having an adversary – yeah. That motivates a core percentage of your base. You might lose 70%, but the 30% of InfoWars listeners who have stuck around, or maybe it's more than that. I don't know. I had When I was doing Fox News Radio, I always had them call in, and I was desperately just trying to be like, it's a scam. He's trying to sell you poison, <laughs> literally poison that will kill you. Not just his words, but literally his products will give you cancer. Tactical bath. <laughs> My asshole isn't in the military. <laughs> oh, that's what you think. Well, tactical bath, speaking of someone who might use the tactical bath as they, I don't even know, try to grip, grasp some form of masculinity they think that we lost because we didn't have to go to war and die. Not that any of these people would survive in war because they're freaking morons. Uh, January 6th has also subpoenaed Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Um, as the probe turns to the domestic terrorism side of it. Mm -hmm. And anyone who thinks that's hyperbolic, just, again, watch the documentaries on it. These people film themselves. Mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson can go to fucking hell. I'm sorry that I cursed. Well, but mm -hmm. he really is disgusting. That uh, Patriot Purge. Yeah. Uh, air, quotes air quotes documentary. It's a documentary like Michael Moore's or documentaries or Dinesh D'Souza's or documentaries. It's just blatant lies. Well, and there's some problems over at Fox over it, too. I think Chris Wallace and Brett Baer are your two, you know, your two normal guys over right. there at the network. And they're like, yeah, yeah, if we put this out, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Ooh. And there were a couple of 
people at Fox News who said, I can't do it anymore. And they went to retire. I mean, they're so wealthy, they don't need jobs anyway. I have no idea whether we're working there in the first place. They're going to be replaced by new commentator Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. So the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. Of course, uh, Enrique Torres, I believe, is uh, Erterio of the uh, Proud Boys. He's still complaining a lot mm. because jail sucks, which is mm. completely true. All right. Well, just let's talk this about this uh, just in time. For uh, Thanksgiving, you get to hang out with all of your family and maybe some friends. Maybe some of those friends lost a couple of teeth. <laughs> maybe they just decided opioids are the way to go. Okay. Because Big Pharma has thrown them down people's throats for profit. Right. I am so in favor of what's about to happen here. This is actually in Cleveland. Woo! CVS. Walgreens and Walmart pharmacies are being sued for recklessly distributing massive amounts of pain pills in two Ohio counties. Uh, a federal jury said Tuesday in a verdict that could set the tone for the U.S. and county governments that want to hold pharmacies accountable for their roles in the opioid crisis. And as we talked about, this is not conspiracy theory. There is a reason politics and policy are all tied to money. Pharma is funding now mostly Democrats, mm -hmm. most likely because of their responses to COVID and uh, some of the policies that are put, put forth under the guise of um, safety, is right. uh, public safety, that in reality is just there in order to have these corporations profit billions and billions and billions uh, of dollars. So Lake and Trumbull counties blamed the three chain pharmacies for not stopping the flood of pills that caused hundreds of overdose deaths and cost each of the counties about $1 billion, wow. which is another thing we don't talk about. When somebody dies, it's expensive. Yes. Right. And when hundreds of people die in one county, it gets expensive for that county's hospital systems, for their uh, mortuary systems. I mean, it's... Uh, I, I love this. I'm very proud of Ohio on this. I am too. Because this is the local governments basically coming in and doing what, obviously, the federal government isn't doing anything. I think state by state, you're starting to see um, certainly more lawsuits against certain companies, the Purdue family, things like that. But this is county by county being like, all right, if you were pushing the pills, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, mm -hmm. then you're essentially complicit. Because I think this is really related to the fact that they couldn't directly attack the families. You know, the families behind the opioid yes. crisis, they're, right. they're immune. So attack the, the pocket. It, the, not the Singer family. The, Sat Sat the Sattler family. The Sattler. Yeah. Right. Much so less fun. You got to attack the, the pockets. You know, you got to attack out Mike Jones. You got to, yeah. uh, I mean, sorry, Alec Jones's pocket. You got to <laughs> attack Rittenhouse's pocket. That's the only thing that matters. Um, and it's not just people dying. Imagine the, the way this affects uh, firemen have to be called when someone overdoses. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All those services, they, they cost taxpayer money. Right. I mean, when I ran for I'm governor, sorry, it's the Sackler family. The Sackler. Sacklers. Way more fun. Right? Well, that, yes. Remember, just a big pair of balls. That's the, the Sackler family. <laughs> got a big they, old sack. They had enough balls to create a product that was was going to kill millions and millions of Americans, but they smiled and told us it was good. Absolutely. That takes balls like the Sackler family. When I ran for governor of Ohio in 2018, we were the second highest state with deaths from opioids, second only to West Virginia. So mm. that whole region was absolutely depleted by the opioid crisis. So sad. Now, Lake and Trumbull are actually up uh, by uh, Lake Erie, obviously, okay. out of Cleveland. But again, the whole state was just ravaged by it. So... Get that money wherever you can because the people who died aren't coming back. And of course, you wait until CVS and Walgreens are the two largest distributors of legal marijuana. Um, because <laughs> that's, again, why we need to make sure that the licenses go to the people that were most demonized during the war on drugs. But as we see, that is easier said than done as these people want to make their freaking cash. And they'll get it one way or another. Mm. And dare you do something illegal. And you grow something, that illegal weed, which never should be illegal in the first place because it's a plant. Yeah. And then they just go and steal it and, you know, $500 million of product gone because God forbid you didn't get the right license uh, to make your weed weak enough for Oregon. This is according to Mark Lanier. He is the attorney for these two counties. He says the law requires pharmacies to be diligent in dealing drugs. This case should be a wake up call that failure will not be accepted. He says the jury sounded a bell that should be heard throughout all pharmacies in America. Mm -hmm. So CVS Health, Walgreens and Walmart Inc., 
uh, said that they are going to appeal naturally. And the only people that are more difficult to fight in court than the federal government probably are CVS, Walmart, and Walgreens. Yeah, corporations. Corporations Corporate lawyers general. like to come through. My issue with this is it seems kind of like it's going to be a little bit of a slap on the wrist. Because in Pittsburgh already, a uh, giant eagle and Rite Aid, I guess, already sued and settled. But it looks like uh, Rite Aid for Trumbull County only paid about $1.5 million. Total. Yeah, right. that's it's nothing. nothing. That's nothing. That's like me paying for your coffee because I right. ruined your life, Ben. Exactly. Right. Well, and that's why they sued each county. I think they sued in the, the other case for a billion each, um, which is more a number of what you're looking for. But that is typically what happens is a lot of these companies, they'll settle, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with, mm -hmm. if it's like a state attorney general, if the state of Ohio is going after a company, they can get a big, nice lump sum. But what's interesting about this is if one county is getting a billion dollars, then this sets a legal precedent for more counties. And there's 88 counties in Ohio that got mm -hmm. devastated. Get them, boys. So have <laughs> at it, people. Absolutely. It adds up. You got to hit them in the pocketbook. And um, just so people fully understand what happened in Trumbull County, 80 million prescription painkillers were dispensed wow. from 2012 to 2016. That is equivalent for 400 for each resident. Wow. You will never need 400 opioids Absolutely in your life not. ever. Yikes. Unless you are literally on your deathbed and then they're like, this is kill you. Yeah, right. That's the only time you need 400 pills. I mean, mm -hmm. that that's a stat that is absolutely staggering. Yes. That's just... In Lake County, 61 million pills were distributed. I mean, it's just insane. And for these pharmacies to just be like, I didn't know what was happening. Meanwhile, they're bragging about record profits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course they knew exactly what was happening. Right. And this Otherwise, is, they're horrible at business. Believe me, I've, I've, uh, I've seen how the manager treats a person at the Walgreens. They know what's being sold and where it's going. There's absolutely yeah. no way that CVS, Walgreens, or any of these companies were oblivious to what was making them the most amount of money in these places. Absolutely. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that CVS was also just busted in ripping off Ohio's uh, Medicaid, Medicare customers uh, as really? well. Yeah, because all that happens is when a state gets federal dollars to give out prescription drugs through Medicaid, Medicare, they just give that contract to another one of these same corporations. Oh. And then that corporation turns around and through a thing called pharmacy benefit managers, they can raise the prices oh. on, the, on the drugs. So right. We're basically hiring the corporations to rip us off. And then in, in CVS's case, or I believe it, it might have been another company, they paid again a fine to the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? They got the contract again. So there's... So the state, the state and the corporations both won. That's wonderful. And of course, it only required, you know, tens of thousands of people to die. The committee of lawyers, uh, this is what they had to say. Uh, they have said this is a milestone victory. It was an overdue reckoning. For decades, pharmacy chains have watched as pills flowing out of their doors cause harm and fail to take action required by law. Mm. They go on. Instead, three companies responded by opening up more locations, flooding yeah. communities with more pills, and facilitating the flow of opioids into an illegal secondary market. And that is, of course, the case. I mean, I remember when I was growing up, mm -hmm. I was given quite a few of the medications. Mm. ADHD. They said I was too hyper. Oh. Just because I put a couple of paper clips in the light socket. Oh. And I'm, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but still in the vein. You know, uh, the CVS, Walgreens, they open up stores everywhere. It looks like they're creating jobs. Most of the time, these places are not creating jobs in those communities mm -hmm. because if they, they think that if they hire a person from in the community, you'll let someone steal. They'll, you'll let your friends steal and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So CVS, Walgreens, all those places, they don't even help the communities they exist in because they don't create jobs for those communities. Mm. Right. In fact, Walmart was busted for basically getting a bunch of mom and pop stores mm -hmm. getting kicked out of towns. They ran the mom and pop down. stores uh, out of business. Out and of business. CVS is the same deal. They are running the mom and pop pharmacies. And yep. keep in mind, these are pharmacists who have been in you know the business for generations. Mm -hmm. It's probably the family store. They definitely care about their community. And that is the economic race to the bottom that we're seeing in this crony, corrupt capitalist era that we currently live in. When your mom and pop business goes out of business, you got to get on food stamps. And the only place you can shop is Walmart. Yes, yeah. there you go. Or Amazon. We'll talk about Amazon here in one second. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. 
On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. But before we get to that, well, actually, let's do this Amazon story, and then we'll get to our final story. Uh, so Jeff Bezos. Yay. He just donated $100 million to the Obama Foundation in honor of civil rights icon John Lewis. Ooh. Now, my question is this. What does Jeff Bezos and John Lewis have in common? Hmm. Other than he got to say that this was on behalf of John Lewis, so then he got some kind of like pat on the back, and he can be like, no, I'm not just doing this so I can buy a wing of the presidential library that he is currently going to fund with the Obama organization. Yeah, It's just such a BS reason, and a pet peeve of mine, it's what people do with Martin Luther King all the time. Mm. I'm not a racist. Martin Luther King. I love Martin Luther King. It's like, what? Sh- you right. wouldn't have liked him. <laughs> if, you, if, you, right. if he was alive when you were alive, you wouldn't have, by definition, liked You him. wouldn't have agreed with what he was saying. So it doesn't matter. And so for Jeff Bezos to be like, this is a $100 million gift in the name of John Lewis. Right. Is such bullshit. Yeah. Because all this is doing and where this money is going to go is to the presidential center. And it's going to be named after John Lewis Plaza, which, okay. That is very nice. But let's not forget Jeff Bezos, whoever there's a reason that AT&T bought one America, created one American news. Mm-hmm. Right. Money buys power and influence and the winners create the narrative. And this is just Jeff Bezos making sure that he has a very friendly that the <laughs> Obama presidential center has a very friendly view yeah. of he and Amazon. He basically bought a wing in the museum. That's it. He didn't just buy it, though. This is uh, Jeff Bezos eating his cake and having by enema, too, because um, because a one hundred million dollar donation is also a one hundred million dollar uh, tax. tax break. Of course. Oh, of course. So, you know, uh, <laughs> same with Elon Musk donating money and all these people donating money it's like wait isn't tax season coming up that's right wow yeah this is uh what the source a source has to say this is what they told people magazine amazon was the largest u.s employer during the obama administration Mm. at a time when the economy needed jobs so of course president obama knew bezos says they had conversations however they're not friends who talk every week and nor do they have to be because uh you know what talks Uh, abraham lincoln's lincoln's Absolutely. So anyway, that's the Obama. I, these foundations, just like, what do they do? Where do they go? I would love to see any like evidence of like social progress that right. they have helped create. Like, what does the Clinton Foundation done? Right. What has the Obama Foundation done? <laughs> the only president that has done anything was Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Carter. He's he does the building. He does build it. Like you can be like, oh, you he can built that see house. The results. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, what are what are these abstract BS things other than blowjobs for former presidents? I looked up what the Obama Foundation is doing in, in terms of job opportunities. You know, it doesn't list how much they're paying. It doesn't list too much, but hopefully, it's creating some jobs in Chicago. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, on the south side. They could could use it. I'm trying to see some light in this because I don't. To me, it's just a money moving scheme with Obama and Bezos. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that. So, I mean, it'll be a fun museum, maybe. This is according to Valerie Jarrett. Uh, She says she's thrilled by Bezos' pledge. (laughs) So isn't that nice? Oh. They're thrilled. Oh. But like, isn't, wasn't, wasn't like their policies, like, didn't they say like, Oh, that he's bad, but now they're they're thrilled. They're thrilled with him. Yeah, well, it's fine. Yeah. Something about hearing that Amazon was the biggest employer during the Obama administration bothers me. It yeah, doesn't. It, it isn't a good thing. No, it's, it's horrible. Not, yeah, that's just that is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, speaking of really bad, and something else you can talk about over the kitchen table as you fight. During Thanksgiving, (laughs) Mm. there are two different sides to this or two different stories. And I have two different opinions. And I think both of us may have two different opinions when it comes to, oh, my God, how do I phrase this language language air quotes, woke language. But then that makes me feel old. Right. um, Because that term has been so stupid. How about instead of semantics? It's a woman. It's a woman. Fantastic. (laughs) Travis, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I loved it. When it comes to eliminating certain verbiage because of historical. Um, bigotry when it comes right. to or historical um, uh, racism. 
Is mm-hmm. that the right term? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Un- it's, injustice? It's it historical injustice. Systemic injustice. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people on the left, you know, they think about it too hard. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a term that I do not believe is bad and I do not believe should be erased. That term is the term sex offender. Hmm. Colorado. That's negative, babe. It's negative. And it should be <laughs> because uh, I'm not talking about people who had sex with a 17-year-old when they were 18 and they were both in high school together. Like statu- we're not talking sure. about statutory situation. I think all of that stuff, that can you can wash that out. And I think that's something that um, hopefully on a case-by-case on a case-by-case basis, it's like, yeah, that is ridiculous. But this is just a little bit, this is just going a little bit too far. So Colorado's Sex Offender Management Board is looking to stop using the term sex offender. And I don't know why they're doing this, because I feel like sometimes terms are important just so people kind of know who they're interacting with. And if you're a sex offender, you know, I kind of want to know. I grew up doing foster care. The first two kids that came into my house had herpes because their father raped them. Sex offense is very real. Mm-hmm. And uh, people that do it need to be stigmatized. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I'm not talking about, you know, stupid social BS where maybe you got dragged on Twitter for some reason. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about true sex offense rape. Right. That needs to be taken seriously. And the fact is, I don't give a shit if sex offenders are upset that people think that they're sex offenders. If they're sex offenders. There you go. So the board is responsible for treating, managing, and monitoring adult sex offenders in the state, right? Um, They held a couple of meetings, and they were focusing on, quote, person-first language. Whatever the fuck that means. They went on over a list of five new possible terms, but ultimately voted to use this term. Adult who commits sexual offenses uh, as opposed to sexual. You just made it long. Uh, you, you know, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, be, before we go too far, right. the uh, person first language. I agree with it when we're talking about people experiencing homelessness. Yes, but, okay, sure. These people are not homeless. They are they are people experiencing homelessness. Right. Yes, that makes sense to me. But this person isn't a sex offender. This person is a person who committed sex crimes. Nah, nah, now you're just being too too woke too woke it's too just woke. stupid it's not even woke or not woke <laughs> and i'm done with that freaking term but this is according to carl blake he's a member of this committee he says this language in the committees i've been i've been on seems to be the most supported of these op- options oh, it God. highlights the active reason why someone is in treatment and it doesn't assume the behavior is over which is really then you know then i don't really uh care <laughs> uh, according to another member jessica daughter Victim advocates, therapists, law enforcement that I've spoken with, along with all the DAs I represent, are not in favor of replacing this term. Yeah. Do you think so? So why'd you do it? If the victims don't want it, therapists don't want it, and the the DAs don't want it, what is the freaking point other than you are overthinking so much? And I was in Colorado, and it is a beautiful state, but there's a lot of other things you got to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just as a journalism major, adults who commit sexual offenses, it's just so hard to fit into a regular old sentence. You know, you're talking about journalism. I'm talking about like, you know, creating a sexy lead here to get people to read your story. You want the word sex offender. That's a click. That's a double click. Journalism is all about clicks. It is so stupid. And I don't even like to say it because it sounds so dumb. But like you do hear people, they talk about, you know, pedophilia as a um, sexual um, orientation. Right. And I just want to I have two gay older brothers. I know a lot of gay people, though. I've been around the Eagle in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) Beautiful. I've seen a lot of gray hairs. (laughs) It's an insult to them. That's what I believe to Mm. equate pedophilia as a sex, uh, as a gender orientation mm, i believe it's offensive absolutely. to people who have fought their asses off for lgbt rights absolutely you know and i think it is one of the things that they had to fight really hard because people would be like oh he's a pedophile you're gay you want to fuck boys mm. and that was that went hand in hand and it was i mean that was talked in the 90s like that's just was like mainstream thought right you know and so it bothers me and it angers me that some people have taken this I don't even know what it's literally. They, they just overthought it. Yeah, it's, it's a, a what pedophile I said. is a pedophile. A pederast yeah. is a pederast, and so on and so forth. And I think it does a great disservice to the gay community. Obviously, try, Fernando, you can speak on this more than I can. Yeah. But it does a great disservice to the gay community, in my opinion, when all of a sudden, you know, 
people are like, I'm a pedophile. It's my it's my orientation. It's like, I'm sorry, a child can't consent. Oh, it reminds me of when Kevin Spacey was. Um, oh, yes. Then he came on the skate. It's like, it doesn't matter. Right. It was 15 year old. Right. He, yeah. He was accused of, of coming on to a 14 year old. And then his excuse was, but I'm gay. It's like, oh, well, yeah, hold on. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, uh, what does this mean for like law and order? Is it SVU? So it's going to be law and order A W C. S O A W C S O. I just can't keep up with all the letters. There's a lot of letters. <laughs> a lot of letters. All right. So, sex offenders. I believe that term should stay for sex offenders in Colorado. Makes Interesting conversation up. at the Thanksgiving table. Ben, please pass the potatoes. <laughs> no problem. Here you go. I came in the potatoes. Oh no, he's a potato fucker. <laughs> oh my God! If you ever call me to get again, that's a banter. Hold on. He's a man who has sex with potatoes. Okay. <laughs> Thank okay. Thank you. Interior. Now, this is a situation that I, I agree with. Here we go. When it comes to eliminating some verbiage that has been used and that's been uh, considered sexist or racist or whatever on federal lands. So Interior Secretary Deb Holland, she wants to remove and replace the names of sites on federal lands that uh, people say are historically derogative. Um, terms such as squaw, which I, right. I don't know that much, um, but apparently that is a very derogatory term. I don't want to take that off of government, you know, buildings and stuff and, and yeah. plaques and stuff like that. I'm like, OK, I don't care. Also, create a job. Go, <laughs> go create some jobs. Make somebody, you know, the person who has to get rid of all the offensive words on federal land. They're going to be busy. <laughs> so that's job creation right there. Yeah. This is what she had to say. She says, again, this is Deb Holland. She says, our nation's lands and waters should be places to celebrate the outdoors and our shared cultural heritage, not to perpetuate, rather, the legacies of oppression. Um, so she wants uh, to remove terms, as I said, like squaw for more than 650 sites. And um, this, to me, it's the same thing I feel about, like, the Washington football team or any of those, you know, I know Cleveland you, Guardians. The Guardians. Um, are they still playing baseball? Mm-hmm. Well, they will next year. That's what matters. Yes. Yeah. Is Washington still playing football? They sure That's are. That's what matters. Yes. Okay. Um, the sport matters. The game matters. The national park matters. Mm-hmm. I don't give a crap if they want to get rid of some language that somebody would be like, eh, I'd prefer not to see that. What the hell do I care? I'm totally okay with, with this. It's a, you know, we, we're moving towards the culture. We're moving, this, it's, it's right. This is an offensive term and it's, it's not federal. I mean, it's the same yeah. thing that we had when... Bush used to vacation at N Head. Right, right. Well, and, and Rick Perry. It was and like Rick Perry. where all the Texas governors went. Yeah. And in, Inward Head uh, uh, Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, yeah. change the name. Change not, the name. Is it still a ranch? Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's still a ranch. I want to draw the line, though. Don't come after Cracker Barrel. Don't, oh, you, okay. don't you dare come after Cracker that's, Barrel. No, that's a private business. It's not publicly owned. It's not publicly operated. They can do whatever they want, even though it is kind of racist. <laughs> and I will point out um, that Ms. Holland... Um, uh, Deb Holland, she was a uh, representative out of uh, Congresswoman out of New Mexico, mm-hmm. and she is yes. the first Native very American woman to be in charge of uh, a, a department like this. Okay. So that's also very big, and she's doing big things. I saw this beautiful video, quaint video of her moving out of her New Mexico home to move, you know, to Washington. It's beautiful. Nice. It's it's so beautiful to see a, a woman that represents, you know, people, my people, my ancestors. Yeah, absolutely. Heading there. So. Oh, Representation yeah. matters. Holland goes on to say, today's actions will accelerate an important process to reconcile derogatory place names and mark a significant step in honoring the ancestors who have stewarded our lands since time immemorial. And again, when it comes to all of these places, when it comes to all of these sports, they're not going anywhere. Right. Just a little change of verbiage. Of course, I also have to put the caveat in. Are we taking care of our Native American people? Mm, We also need to do that. Mm -hmm. Name like it's. Like taking the name Ritual? Uncle Ben off of rice, is that helping black? Did they care? Right. No, they need, they want funding for schools. Yes. You know, they need an equal playing field when it comes to uh, their ability, as we talk about, to fail in this country. Ah. Everyone just needs to have the same ability to fail, just like all of us. As I said in the beginning of this episode, action following the ritual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of ritual, we will all get together with family or friends this Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's 400 uh, years old, Thanksgiving. Wow, that's right. 1621. Yeah, so you guys can all have the fun debates being like, yeah, technically it was uh, 400 years ago, invaders came over and have dinner with people who didn't want them there. <laughs> right. Yeah, that conversation too, whatever. I mean, all of those things uh, matter, but we are in 2021. And so we have to move forward mm-hmm. and uh, just- We're here now. We're, we're here, here now. now. We're all here now. Whatever just, Thanksgiving yeah. is to you, have fun with it. 
That's Black Friday eat, for eat me. Eat a bunch. Oh, yeah, I'm excited for football. Although the Lions don't need to be playing anymore. Right. They, they suck. They don't need to play on Thanksgiving. They didn't. They have a tie. That's their win this year is just they didn't lose. Woo! Oh, my gosh. You got to love it. And, of course, I love traditions this time of year. Obviously, we'll be getting together with the LPN family. Yes. Um, we'll be doing some uh, screenings and some online screenings and in-person screenings of Ed Larson's documentary, How America Killed My Mother, uh, as a tribute to his mama, Kathleen, who her birthday sometimes would fall on Thanksgiving. You yeah. have a hilarious story of oh going down God. there for Thanksgiving one year. <laughs> we went down there, Eddie and I, and we show up, and uh, his mother's roommate's dog had a broken back. Right. Uh, and it had to, it, was it was a very fat dog. It was a fat dog. <laughs> It yeah. broke its back going up the stairs, right? And oh so it's crying God. the whole time. I'm taking care of this dog with a broken back. Eddie's mother, you know, she had a lot of issues because our healthcare system was so effed up and treated her so horribly. She had diabetes. And she couldn't get, you know, the, one of the reasons that she passed was because she couldn't afford, I believe it was only $200 a month. Right. It was a it was a monitor that would the, measure, measure her um, blood, blood pressure or, over the night. Right. Or her bl- uh, blood sugar level. Blood sugar, yes. $800 machine. $800 machine. And she mm-hmm. died because uh, that was taken from her. Because she couldn't afford it, and uh, because of that, she passed away um, in her sleep, and she, that could have been prevented. Anyway, hence the title: How America, specifically <laughs> yeah. the American healthcare institutions, Spoiler alert. Uh, killed my mother. But yes, so the dog was dying, and then at four a.m., the roommate came home, and, and she was then, a nurse. Grace was a nurse. Yes, and then she took the dog to the vet, and the dog had to be put down. And then she came home at like seven a.m. crying. Anyway, that was that Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, so beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was something special. Anyway, so you can't wait to hear all the stories of your old Thanksgivings. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to be together. And hope everyone is happy and healthy out there. And we can't wait to, again to be with you next week. We'll do two episodes again because there was so much to cover, and um, there's so much you know monetized bullshit out there. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. And don't follow any of these freaking morons who literally just want you to become convinced that they are correct so then they can continue to conquer and divide and make money and sell more cars because uh, we can't agree on any well, kind of truth. Which is why the this Patriot thinks- Purge, a great example of that. Yeah, that's why this Thanksgiving we got to come together like peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and uh, jelly. Pardons so for everybody. And you can be a little banana in there if you want to, too. <laughs> You're nasty. Nasty. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.